Hello, and welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, the podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey! And our special guests, Andrea and Yvette of Gotham Quilts. Hello! Hi! Now, before we jump into all our quilty shop fun today, can you guys tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Who you want to start or do you want me to start, Andrea? Go ahead. Okay, I'll start. So um, my background is actually software development. But before I became a software developer, um, I was running various businesses as an offense manager and business manager type person. Um, And when Andrea and I met, which we met because she taught me how to quilt at a quilt store that no longer exists here in New York, um, we became really good friends. And we had this idea that the quilt store where we were taking this class, like could be something different because we were modern quilters. And this is, you know, 10 plus years ago when it was not as big a percentage of the um, industry as it currently is. Right. So we wanted to add a second quilt store to New York city. That was like a modern store. And because I had the business side and she's trained more in the design side, that's how we ended up combining and, getting into the store and I do all the business stuff and the tech stuff and the HR HR and, you know, insurance, all the boring stuff about running a business. That's my department. She does all the fun stuff. Yes. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely got the better end of the deal on this one. I think. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I, uh, I'm Andrea and I actually, I started, I started sewing and knitting and cross stitch and a lot of those crafty things um, as a kid. Uh, my mom was big in crafts and taught me to sew. Um, neither one of us remember how old I was, but it was I, I think it was pretty young. Um, and then I went to college and got a degree in textile design. I focused in weaving um, and then I went to work for some mills and some other places. And then I got into home fashions. I was actually designing quilts, uh, for a, for a bedding company before I had ever made a quilt and I was really into it. I loved it. So I was like, I'll take a quilting class, took a class, fell in love. That was the end of it. That was all I wanted to do. And by that point I was doing like freelance jobs that I was not happy with. And, um, you know, that, part of my career was not going in the direction I wanted it to. So I, Yvette had been bugging me about opening a quilt shop for a couple of years. And I kept saying, no, I don't want a store. I don't want a store too much responsibility. I don't want, you know, to, I can't do the business part. And, uh, finally I gave in and that was 10 years years ago. ago. Yeah. Something like that. It's going to be eight. No, it's going to be nine years. (gasps) This year. Yeah. Really? Wow. Wow. Which, by the way, is the longest I've done anything in my oh, life. Oh, me too, by <laughs> Including, far. Like, ro- no romantic relationship has ever lasted that long. Like, it's it's a lot. That's amazing. You guys sound like the perfect pair. Like all, It's worked like, out it's, well. Yeah. We're kind of, I mean, like, married to each oh, other Oh, we're very much, point. yeah. I mean, we're, work wives. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, I tell, like, I am as, as legally and financially attached to her <laughs> as I am to my husband. 
So, that is yeah, so I've true. joked yeah. that I could very easily steal her identity. Like, oh, you absolutely could. So Gotham Quilts is pretty much a perfect name for a quilting store in New York City. So were there any other name contenders when you were first starting? There weren't, actually. Uh, it took a minute for me to convince Andrea it should be Gotham Quilts because yeah. I had picked the name Gotham Quilts um, before I got her hooked on the project, yeah. right? Actually, my original name was going to be Fulton Quilts because I wanted to open it on Fulton Street. Oh, I don't um, remember I lived that. Way downtown. This is before. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we talked about it back uh-huh. then. But yeah, so I lived way downtown back then. I lived in the seaport and I wanted the store to be on Fulton Street. So I wanted to call it Fulton Quilts. And then when I started actually doing some of the work, because I have worked in retail before and like, I know, I knew what it was going to be like. I knew that I didn't want to do it by myself. And I was like, I need a business partner. Um, so when Andrea, by the time I roped Andrea into it, I had pretty much settled on the name Gotham quotes and I had checked, like you could get Gotham quotes.com like, oh, and she didn't like it originally. She it, kept trying to find other names, but there weren't any <laughs> that were that good. It was, it was the, yeah. I was worried about pigeonholing us as a quilting store right. as opposed to a sewing fabric store, um, right. which I still have a tiny bit of, uh, I don't know what the word is, but because, um, I mean, we do other things other than quilting. And I think some people right. do see the word quilts. And I mean, obviously, a lot of people think we sell finished quilts. Uh, so we, many people which think we sell don't. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Um, or they say quilts. What's a quilt? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they do like that, that hand knitting. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. yeah. Do you quilt? <laughs> right. Uh, yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So we considered Gotham threads at one point because um, I think you had like you like the word threads better than the word quilts. And so we had this spreadsheet with all these other options I and I just kept that. being like, Oh yeah. We like you, she's very stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> so are you. Andrea, she's very stubborn. So are you. Oh yeah, I am too, but I think you might win. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was pretty set on Gotham quilts, but I was like, if we come up with something better. So we had the spreadsheet and it was like, this isn't better. This isn't better. This isn't better. And I'd be like, okay, so Gotham quilts. And she'd be like, I don't know, not quite, you know, so it took a while for her yeah. to be like, yeah, Gotham quilts is the best option. And have you always been at the Midtown location? We actually started online only. Um, oh, okay. Because I had had experience running stores and businesses before this was my business plan for trying to not crash and burn immediately Mm -hmm. uh so i had planned for us to start online only and build some amount of business that was online uh we actually started with our inventory in a manhattan mini storage unit like two blocks from andrea's then apartment for the first whole year yeah um and she uh, would like print an order and like walk to the manhattan mini storage unit and cut the order and then walk to the post office right Um, oh my gosh i wonder what the staff would have thought of you guys like i don't care like that (laughs) there was definitely other people operating businesses out of there too anyway so that was my business plan was we're going to start online only um which is a much smaller risk right you're buying inventory you're setting up a website you're you know, putting yeah, the stuff in order, but you're not paying rent <laughs> and you don't have to staff it. Yeah. Um, and that one and then was the in next step. upper Manhattan. So it was almost nothing. Like it was, yeah, it was like 40 bucks a month or something. Something like, yeah, it, it was, was super cheap. 
like it hardly counts like rent, you know, yeah. and we had to pay for a PO box too, because in case anyone's wanting to do this, you cannot get U S mail at a Manhattan mini storage. You can get UPS and right. FedEx, but you cannot get a, like USPS. So we, I paid for a, I, we paid for a PO box and a Manhattan mini storage. And that was the business. It worked pretty well. I mean, the next stage was we um, rented an office space and that was in the same building we currently are in. And that was like our studio phase because we wanted to start teaching classes. Andrew is a fantastic teacher and we knew that we had this to offer and we needed a space to do that in. Yeah. Um, and that quickly brushed into retail because people were asking us, like, can I just walk in and shop? And we were like, uh, yeah, we were, weren't we like appointment? I think we were appointment only for a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, people it, just it, kept like showing up. So we had to, we opened yeah, up. People would just randomly show up, even though we weren't, never had hours or anything. Mm -hmm. And then one thing led to another, and we wanted to join um, Row by Row. If That's you know it. that program. Yeah. So row by row requires you to have like set hours. So we went from like being open by appointment or for classes to being like, okay, I guess we're now open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> because we need to have set hours yeah. so we can join row by and row. What is row by row? Um, oh, so row by row is this summer promotion. It was started by um, Janet. Oh, I don't know how to actually say her name. It's Z S Z A B O Sabo. Um, she owns a quilt store upstate. Um, and it's a, the idea was like lots of people travel throughout the U S in the summer and like they might do road trips or whatever. It would be cool to join a bunch of old stores together to all participate in the same kind of prompt. And as you're traveling throughout the U S or internationally, eventually you can visit stores that are participating and collect little patterns essentially. And then you would make it into a quilt. Um, so, it's so each, each store for, designs a block or a row. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I, yeah, I guess back then it was it had to be a row. Yeah, the program has changed a lot in yeah. over the years. But if you look up row by row, um, mm -hmm. and I can't remember. So we've been in business. So that would have been like seven years ago, let's say. Um, and they had yeah. already been running for a couple of years at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how we ended up being like, okay, I guess we're open and for it, real hours now. But that made a huge <laughs> difference in the business, though, because that, yeah. you know, people came to seek us out because of row by row. And right. our, you know, our customer base grew a lot. Yeah, people do travel through New York City, right? And yeah. Um, that was also always part of our business plan was to target tourists because millions of people travel through New York every year for business or, I mean, pre-pandemic. Um, the world has not recovered. For anyone who doesn't live in New York, you don't have any idea how it's still the pandemic here, even though it really isn't everywhere else. Um, and one of the things is tourist traffic. I mean, it's not back to any and in, in any kind of comparison mm -hmm. compared to before the pandemic, but that was always part of our business plan was to target tourists because when i travel i always go to the quote stores and the yarn stores and the you know people do it for music too like they'll go to like the guitar store yeah. or the i don't know whatever hobby you're into um so we knew there was a market there and that was part of why we branded ourselves gotham quilts too right it's like it's part of our brand the, you can't separate new yorkers from new york right you know? And I think also we we had a really good row that year, too. That was because uh, they always have a theme. And that year it was Home Sweet Home. Oh, and so right. we're like, well, what do you think of, uh, you know, when you think of New York and home apartments, obviously. And 
fire escapes. Fire escapes. <laughs> so ours was we that you could either do a horizontal or a vertical row. We did a vertical row of an apartment building with fire escapes, and and then there's a quilt on one of them. Yeah, even one of them has a quilt hanging on it. We would actually put one on there, right? Because it's right. gross. But uh, you know, yeah. for the yeah, and I think and like. You know, as as with most things, you know, some stores that do it like really put a lot of effort into it and make a really nice one. Some stores don't put much effort at all into it, and you're just like, eh, whatever. But we put a lot of effort into it, and I think it was it, yeah. it was a really good one. I think yeah. and we're still selling and it now. We still sell it seven years later. So, Andrea, you mentioned earlier that you have a degree in textile design and you worked with major manufacturers early in your career. Can you tell us how these experiences, you know, play a role in your current day to day? Uh, I think I mean, it's it's definitely helpful. I ha- I mean, I've toured factories. Um, I, I, I worked at a woven mill, but I've been to mills that, you know, do printed fabric. Um, I, I mean, the college I went to that we had knitting machines and and big looms and um all of that kind of stuff and then one of my jobs i i actually went to china and went through factories there um so i i have a fairly good understanding of like the production process and how how fabric is made what you know what goes into it that kind of stuff um which is helpful um and it so this past summer we actually released our own line of fabrics um, that I designed and, uh, you know, being able to put them in repeat and knowing how to communicate with, uh, the designers, you know, that are printing the fabric and, and that kind of stuff, uh, is definitely helpful. Yeah. We um, had a very weird conversation where she was trying to explain to me why whatever I was trying to do wasn't going to work in the repeat or in the whatever it was. And then like, she could not explain it in a way that I could process what she was saying. It was like, why shouldn't that work? It's just flat, right? Like, and, and I still don't understand, but she understood. And that's all that mattered because the fabric came out fine, you know? Yeah. So I, I can kind of understand like when we tell somebody, this is what we want. I, I can understand if that's actually even possible or yeah. not, or right. the thing know, how I was to trying make to it do easier to get to what we want. Possible. Yeah. But I still don't understand why. I think you guys did a Facebook Live on the preview of the collection, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that we started yeah. that. Um, we started doing weekly Facebook li- Facebook Lives oh. about a year ago. Um, we really should have started earlier, but it was so much drama trying to keep the business afloat through the beginning yeah. of the pandemic that even though we it was on my list of things I wanted to do, I just couldn't prioritize it. But it's been so much fun to have a weekly you know, set thing that is on the calendar that we're going to do and people are looking forward to it. And the same people come. And people will come up to us in the store and be like, oh my God, I feel like I know you guys. I watch your videos and like, I love it, which that's really fun too. Yeah. And like, we genuinely like each other and we don't get to spend any time together anymore. (laughs) So this is like an hour a week where we're like, you know, hanging out and we love the business and we love the inventory and we love the design. So it's it's way more fun than fun. work should be, probably. So um, for our listeners that aren't familiar with the Facebook Lives, could you tell us a bit more what happens on those lives and have they been beneficial for the store? Yeah, they definitely have. Um, I feel like I'm talking too much. Andrew, do you want to talk? I mean, you. I think you have more to say to this. Um, <laughs> from my perspective, we decide what we're going to talk about a couple hours beforehand Usually. and we just... We wing it. <laughs> That's usually how it happens. 
there's some of them that um, we we have a list somewhere of like ideas yeah, we had originally. There have been times where we've planned ahead. And we do regularly the, the do averages. the Stump Andrea one. That's like a series, right? So we came up with this idea called Stump Andrea, which is like, see if you can give Andrea fabric that she cannot pair with something in the store. So, And I haven't been stumped yet. She has not been. I don't know what the score is at this point, but not yet, right? I don't, yeah, I don't know um, either. And, uh, the videos are about all kinds of topics. So we've done demos of like how to make a zipper bag or like the most recent one was our favorite features of the Bernina 570, which is the model that all of us sew on at home. Um, and, and we thought that was going to be like a 15 minute video, but it ended up being almost an hour because yeah. once we start talking and getting into it, we just keep going. So for our non-New Yorker listeners, so your store is located in the Garment District and it's a few blocks away from a couple of other touristy landmarks like the Empire State Building, the New York Public Library. So what's the ratio of tourists to local in-person clientele? Pre-pandemic, it was 75% tourists walking in the front door. Um, the reality is that even though there's a ton of people who live in New York, most of us don't have space to be quilters, right? Like you do really need space to do quilting as opposed to like knitting or crochet, which is you just do it on your own lap. Um, so the percentage of quilters in New York City is lower than like across the country. Across the country, it's about one in every 10 households has a quilter in it. Um, in New York, I think it's probably half of that. Um, and we do have locals. And the one of the interesting things that happened with the pandemic effect is we're getting a lot more younger customers in now that are local. So people who got stuck at home and their whole social life and their whole schedule on their calendar changed, started embroidering, starting doing handwork. Um, English paper piecing is one of the things people, uh, younger people are catching up into. And like young in our world is like, if you're under 40, you're young, <laughs> right? right? Um, but like in we never used to have anybody in their 20s. It would be like one person every so often. So you mentioned that when you guys were first um, thinking about the New York market, that you wanted to fill the gap for modern quilters. Do you think over the last nine years that that has changed for you? Or like, how do you see the landscape of quilting changing in the city as well as outside? Well, one of the things I think when we started, there weren't a lot of shops specializing in modern fabrics and That's now true. they're pretty much everywhere um so it you you know it used to be we were carrying stuff that you couldn't find just anywhere but now for the most part not entirely but for the most part you you can you can find tulip pink everywhere um, i think tulip pink is particular right like when we started i mean not that no one had tulip but it was not everyone has right. tulip and now it's everyone has tulip so yeah, i'm trying to think of some of the other ones um the, one of the things that really happened in New York is that City Quilter closed. Um, so we had always designed ourselves as like the modern little sister to right. City Quilter in and terms they had of in New York. Some right? modern fabric, but they yeah. they certainly didn't specialize in it. It was it was no. not the predominant uh, category that they carried. So when they closed, all of a sudden we had to add things like. Batiks yeah. and like uh, muslin and like stuff that like a normal person would expect a, the only quilt shop in New York to have. Yeah. Right. So because we were the only store, in, well, not New York in Manhattan, we were the only store. Um, and we had never really planned to sell a little bit of everything. We right. had always planned to be 
very concentrated on, like I say, like hypermodern, right? Like there's, I mean, I don't even like the term modern. I usually say like not traditional quilting. So like if you say traditional, you know what that looks like. So it's like, if it doesn't fit that, then it's modern in my mind. Um, So you might use traditional techniques, but unusual fabrics, or you might use improv, but still like you could use some traditional fabric or whatever. Right. Um, But anyway, when city quilter closed, then it was like, Oh, I guess we do have to stock like jeans needles or whatever, you know, random supply that someone might have might need. Um, people kept asking us for templates, like oh, uh, hand quilting yeah. templates, and I drew the line at hand quilting templates because that's the kind of thing you never have the right one, right? Like, you're right. Pre- I mean, like you could have fifteen of them, but that does not mean you have the right one for the person. Yeah, I think I did walk in once. I think recently, maybe like last month, that I asked, like, do you guys have buttons? Yeah, well, that's one <laughs> of the things. But you have a button shop like, around the corner. Exactly. Do I have a button shop? M and J. We all do. Yeah, M and J is right around the corner from us. They still have so M and J. They have a button shop in the back. It used to be next door, but now it's in the back. A store that sells just buttons on 38th and 6th. Oh. Um, and if you go west, there's tons of buttons. I should have just asked you guys. <laughs> yeah, and we would have told you. Oh, yeah, we have business cards for all these other yeah. people walk in all the time asking us for weird stuff that is like sort of kind of tangentially related. And like we just dig into our business card yeah. and then it's like, yeah, go to this guy for embroidery, this guy for zippers. You know, yeah, because we like, we can't carry what's everything. What's the thing called for your bra? Like somebody wanted. Oh like yeah, a, those straps. The cutlets oh, yeah, that yeah. goes in a bra, and oh, I was like, "Does it look yeah. like we'd have that?" Pacific, <laughs> like, Pacific has those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, I I can't carry. I'm never going to be able to carry as many buttons as M and J and Daytona have. Right. So I'm not going to carry them. You run a couple different clubs through the store, including a Stitch Lab and Club Gotham. Do you find that most of your members are local, or do they hail from further afield? That's a great question. Um, So Club Gotham is sort of like an Amazon Prime membership. Um, So you join for a year and you get a bunch of different benefits. And we mixed up the benefits to be both for people who are local as well as for people who can't come to the store. So like a local one, for example, is faster turnaround time on long arming, whereas some of the other benefits are like advanced uh, registration for classes. And we do both in-person classes and virtual classes. So when we have like a superstar coming, like if 2020 hadn't been the way it was, we had Tulip Pink coming that year um, and all that got canceled and I'm still upset about it. But um, like when we open signups for something like Tulip Pink, that sells in an hour or 20 minutes or whatever it is. So having advanced access to those really limited things you know it doesn't matter if you're here or not that's a good feature um for something like stitch lab stitch lab originally was an in-person club um we met in the store on thursday nights um and i think like two or three years we did it like that and then 2020 hit and we had to go virtual because we couldn't have people in the store in those first few months um so we pivoted and it turned out that it actually makes more sense to do it virtually because you don't have to travel there, right? Like, I mean, to get anywhere in New York is like an hour pretty much for anybody. And if you're doing it after work, like getting on the subway to go somewhere else to then go home, like it's lots of people are like, yeah, I want to come, but not after work, you know, now it's like you 
have pajamas on and you'd like turn your zoom on and it's fine. Right. Um, but people join from all over and that has been such a blessing that people can come who aren't local. Uh, we have a member who comes all the time who's in Wisconsin. Um, and we just did a virtual retreat a couple of weeks ago. Um, and somebody came from Hawaii. And I think, yeah. um, and we, I do one called color journey and we have, yeah, we have people from all over. Um, I, I can't remember if uh, the lady from Hawaii is in Color Journey, but she might be. But we have people in like the Arizona Definitely desert. Definitely someone in Arizona. Yep. Oh no, we did have someone from Hawaii last in the last Color Journey. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's all over the country. I would say Color Journey is like half and half locals and and not yeah, local. I think that's probably true. Yeah, it's been interesting because we never even thought about doing virtual before we were forced to. Um, but it really does open up access to so many more people who wouldn't have been able to come. Like just the fact that our classroom is up a flight of stairs in our store, right? Like some of our customers can't climb a flight of stairs and physically can't access the thing. So doing it virtual means more people can access it. Yeah. It's also cheaper. Like you don't have to travel you know, from out of town or whatever. Like I'm attending more conferences virtually than I used to attend before the pandemic. And before that was an option because it's so much easier. Like I don't have to go through airports and deal with other people. <laughs> you know, it's like, I just log into my computer. I, I hope that stuff never goes away. Like I, I hope the rest I, of the pandemic goes away, but I hope virtual stays. I think it'll always stay hybrid. Yeah. Of some sort. <laughs> You also recently announced the launch of your new pattern company, Threadsome, which is all about handwork patterns. Can you tell us more about the inspiration behind this new venture and what folks can expect from it? Yeah, so this was kind of my weird idea. Um, I've gotten much more into handwork since I started this business. It used to be that I was the crazy quilter, right? Like Andrea does more piecing and like, um, I really don't have the patience for piecing, like being accurate and yeah, like making I, corners she matches. starts something and then i finish <laughs> and then usually like how. i'll make four blocks and be like yeah i get it why, why do i need to make 20 more right yeah but uh quilting was always the part that was so interesting to me like the added layer of design on top of the thing and i did all took a classes with all these famous people and learned everything and then like at some point i was like all right i kind of got that let's do the next thing and that turned out to be more handwork and like hand quilting and embroidery and anything like needlepoint, needle turn applique, EPP, like all those things started picking up in my, started catching my interest more. And one of them was wool applique, um, specifically because wool does not fray. <laughs> and when you do needle turn, I mean, I love needle turn, but it's very fussy. Like you have to commit, right? And wool applique is a lot more forgiving. It's a lot more like you just pick it up and throw it down. And um, I wanted us to start stocking more wool and wool projects because there's nowhere you can buy that in New York. And that was, you know, I'm always thinking about the merchandising and the marketing and the why do people come in the store? Um, so we started buying the tools and the thread and oh my God, there's so many good for the threads. I'm like obsessed with the fancy threads now. Um, but most of the patterns I don't want to make. It's like yeah. cutesy or um, like a lot of brown. I hate brown. Um, yeah. Or Natural like, folksy. Yeah. Kind of like cows and chickens and like stuff like that. Like it's not a New Yorker's vibe. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And as I was trying to buy things, I, I actually, we're members of a professional organization for quilt shop owners that's called the Fabric Shop Network, Fab Shop for short. Um, so I know quilt, 
shop owners across the country and across the world because of this organization. We all talk to each other um, through a Facebook group. And I posted there like a year and a half ago, two years ago, like I'm dying trying to find modern wool applique. Um, Sue Spargo has gotten more modern over the years. Like some of her older stuff is more primitive or cutesy. And the new stuff is like a little bit less cutesy, but busy, like a little cleaner. Um, but even that stuff is not quite as modern as what I want to make. Right. Um, so I posted on fab shop and I was like, does anyone else feel like there's nothing there? Like maybe there's somebody I haven't heard of. And they all responded, no, there's no one, please design it. And so I was like, okay, I guess I just gave myself another job. <laughs> um, and our friend, Jen Strauser, she's Dizzy Quilter online. Um, she's sort of like our third business partner, but not really. Um, she's our class coordinator currently. Um, and she, she was our law armor for a while. She used to yeah, be our teachers. law armor. Yep. Yeah. Um, and she and loves like the way we met her was also in one of my classes. She took yes. one of my classes. She didn't need to take the class. She was totally capable of doing it by herself. I think it but was that was her like forest, right? It was. Yep. Yeah. But that was like her way to get in and meet us. And so that was back when we were in the and, studio upstairs. Yeah. We were in this tiny little space. And was Hazel born yet? Hazel's her daughter. I don't know. I don't remember. I can't remember if it was like right before Hazel was born and right after, but um, Jen showed up to the, take this yeah. class and I was the, you know, the, the store is open for shopping. So I was there too, but Andrew was take, teaching this class. So I'm like chatting with people who are taking the class and Jen starts telling me, you know, she's really into long arming. She's really into tulip pink. And I'm like, I think you're meek in another body. Right. Yeah. And it turns out he, she has this like really dry sense of humor. So we became really good friends and yeah. she and does fantastic handwork. So I had said to her, like, I have this idea. Right. Um, and my, the reason Threadsome is its own company is because we will be wholesaling those patterns to other quilt shops because there is a need, as I found out when I asked other quilt shops owners, like, do you have something I can buy? They said, please design it. I'll buy it from you. Um, so that we launched that company. It's his own LLC. And Jen is part owner of that one. Um, and she's, I think she's probably going to be the face of it more than the two of us. Um, so I still, I'm doing like all the business stuff, the website, like that part of it. And Andrea does most of the, you know, clean up design stuff, but Aunt Jen has made all the samples. Yeah, Jen so does most of it. Yeah. And yeah. she starts writing all the patterns. Um, yeah. I just kind of pretty him up. And will you be sourcing more wool to carry a Gotham? So it has been very difficult. I, we settled on Sue's mill dyed wool because um, I'm trying to not insult people. Um, the One of the most frustrating things about owning a business in this industry is that a lot of the other businesses in the industry don't operate very professionally. So they maybe don't pick up the phone. Maybe they well, have a website that doesn't okay. have updated information. Maybe you place an order and you never get they it. They don't have a website. Wow. <laughs> so when I was trying to source wool, I hit this problem repeatedly. There are people across the country making gorgeous wool, hand dyed, whatever. You can't work with them. Like I, I cannot go order something from somebody that I don't know if I will be able to get again. I can't go order from somebody that I don't know if the price will be the same the next time I order. Or the from quality. Them, right? Yeah. Like it just, if you're trying to run a business that actually survives and can support people, like we have five employees who live off of this business, right? Um, 
a lot of cultures, cult shops around the country are hobbies and they're, you know, retirement projects. And it doesn't matter so much if they get a shipment once and then they can't get it again. But that's not how we're running things. Um, so the end of the story was Sue had the best quality, the best consistency, and she's set up like a real business, right? There's a wholesale side of things. I can go on her website and order it and she ships it. <laughs> like it's, it seems so simple, but uh, we have found out the hard way. You'd be that, surprised. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, – you see it a lot in our industry. It's like the the professionalism is just not mm-hmm. really there um, in a lot of different ways and like all up and down the chain too. Um, so that's how we ended up with Sue's. And I love her color. She's got gorgeous colors. The quality is great. She ships on time. Like she ships right away. You place an order, you get your inventory. Um, if they don't have it, they call you I, and tell you. Yeah. Or send you yeah, an email. Yeah. Like, oh, like, we don't have, we're out of stock right now. Can we send you this instead? Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like I'm talking to a human, not yeah. a robot, which is really or, nice. Or not talking to anyone at all. You know, right. <laughs> kind of just like a black hole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you like hope something ships. I was trying to buy stuff from a company that imports Japanese products. And some of that stuff is so cool. Like they have this um, kind of Sashiko thread that comes on a different put up and I wanted it so bad. It was like beautiful, but like they have like a PDF price list. When you ask them, like, how do you order things? They're like, you send an email Mm -hmm. and then we start shipping. If we have it in maybe. Yeah. That was basically the answer. It was like, you maybe you'll get it in three months. And there's there's lots of fabric companies that work that way too, with some of whom yeah. we do work with because it's worth it, and other ones we don't because it's not. Yeah, we fired a couple of fabric companies because we just had so many issues yeah, working like, with I them. Don't like, it's have not worth time it. For this. Your stuff isn't that yeah. good. Yeah. So the end of the story about wool is that I want us to source our own. Um, but for Threadsome, I have all these ideas. It's not going to just be wool applique. We're starting with wool applique because that's specifically the thing I needed. Um, but I already have, I took a picture of this really cool tile design on the side of a building. It was actually on the side of the 59th Street Bridge. Um, and I'm converting it into UPP because I just think it's so cool. So it's basically like the brand is like modern takes on traditional handwork. And you mentioned that you had a lot of younger, like in their 20s coming in looking for more handwork. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think we'll do embroidery. And I mean, I always joke like tatting, like you never see tatting anymore. We're not actually going to do tatting. Have you ever um, even done tatting? Yeah, oh, I've done okay. shuttle tatting and needle okay, tatting. Okay. I will have you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you guys have a lot of exciting things coming up. Um, are there any other fun projects that you're able to share with our listeners? We do. Oh, we, yeah. Um, so I mentioned earlier that we released our first uh, fabric collection last summer. Uh, we are working on an expansion to that. Um, so there will be, yeah. So the group is called my NYC and we designed it. It is very New York, but it's like New York for New Yorkers, as opposed to New York for like, when you go to a souvenir Times Square. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. And we're, we're aiming to release more stuff this summer Yes. and we're working on a block of the month like a New York themed block of the month. Yes. So that is, that's, that's our major project right now that we're working on. And then a couple other minor ones, but 
And that will come out that's for the summer? Probably the summer again. Yeah, I think we're shooting for sort of like a year after the first one. So on that note, it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Wendy, why don't you kick us off? Sure. All right. So what is your favorite time of day to be in Gotham quilts? Before we open. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Before things get crazy when you can actually like focus. Uh, What is the busiest time at Gotham? There's no pattern. It's like either packed or empty. Usually right after we open, it tends to be busiest, I think. Um, So what's your favorite part of the store? I think all of it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, all of it. Okay, all of it. It's it's the one job I've like I want to be at. What color fabric do you stock the most of? Blue, blue. Um, solids or print fabrics? Both. Both. And what do you do with all the offcuts? Sell them. We put the yeah. put them bags. into uh, snip what we call snippets, which are coordinated scrap bags, and then another one pound bag that's just as much fabric as we can shove in the bag. All right, so pick one, uh, unboxing new stock, processing an online order, or running Zoom meetups. Unboxing. Yeah, unboxing. Yeah, for sure. And what is your current favorite sewing notion sold at Gotham? You love that seam roller. Yeah, I like the seam roller. I uh, I don't know. I'm well, not... we just got these teeny little scissors oh, that yeah. we bought because – when we did the, I, I, now I'm giving too long an answer, but when we did the retreat, oh, right. we, we do these giveaways in the retreat. And one of the giveaways was everyone run around looking for your smallest scissors and whoever finds the smallest scissor is going to win a prize. And somebody had this like one inch long scissor that Checker sells. Checker is a distributor. And I was like, well, we have to sell those. So we just got them. And they're, they're so, so tiny. Cute. I think the blade is like three quarters of an inch. If, yeah, if that, it's very tiny. So when you're not at the shop, what are your favorite things to do or do you have any interests, other interests? Uh, Andrew's with her daughter. Who is six, just. So she's still, yeah, she's at a fun age. (laughs) She's not 16 (laughs) where she wouldn't want to hang out with me. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, I like watching trashy television. <laughs> it's like, oh, sure. oh, you and Wendy. <laughs> There's a, like dating shows and like below deck on Bravo. Like, uh, there's a, they're all real young and they're all real dumb. So, <laughs> like, you're like watching this train wreck happen. <laughs> so, before we sign off, we've got just one more question for you. And that is who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Uh, I think everyone already is following Tula Pink, but Tula Pink does a fantastic job on social media. It's really her brother. I don't know if you know this, but Tula herself hates social media. Uh, Her little brother, Cameron, runs all of it. Uh, And he's like 10 years younger than her. She's about our age. And it's like that difference of 10 years, like if you were a millennial slash Gen X versus whatever 10 years younger than us is it's like it Full makes on millennial. a really big difference in like comfort level online yeah. and you can totally see it in Cameron. Um, and she's the reason I started quilting. So I think everyone should follow her. Um, do you have one, Andrea, that you like? I try. She doesn't really do yeah, social media. I try to stay on social media. It, 
I find that four hours have gone by before I know what happened and I can't do that. So <laughs> um, for a non quilting one, there's a New York city one called what is New York. And hmm. it is amazing. Like they basically just post the most absurd things that happen when you're walking around the city. And of lately course. there's been a series of posts. Have you noticed these bollards that have gone up to try to protect pedestrians from cars? Like there's these cement things that are called bollards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like drivers do not understand how this works. Oh, so no. all these cars are ending up on top of these bollards and no. like somebody's coming around just taking pictures of all the cars on top of these bollards. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's Pride and Joy Quilting. Do you know her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Varushka's awesome. We love Varushka. Yeah, she's so yeah. lovely. Um, she's relatively new, but she's like really blown up because she does so many great videos, I think. Yeah. And yeah. she really has her own vibe. Yeah. Her social media is awesome. So uh, on that note, we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio, Wendy. I'm at the dot weekend quilter and Andrea Nivet got them quilts or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests if you enjoyed today's show we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too and if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice it would make our day thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon bye Bye. Bye. Bye.